Good afternoon, and I want to welcome everybody to another edition of the Trumpet Series Bible Study Broadcast. This is your host, Brother Nick Bailey, coming to you live from the uh, United Baptist Church Auditorium here in Greenville, Tennessee, on this Thursday, November the eleventh. Uh, Thursday, November the eleventh, two thousand and twenty-one. I hope everybody's having a good day. As usual, it's been a challenge for me just to be able to fit this uh, broadcast into. Uh, what's been a busy schedule today, but um, again, we've worked at it and uh, doggedly continued to uh, prepare and study in spite of <clears throat> all of the uh, secondary issues that have come up, and that's all right too because uh, we've got a lot going on right now, and we're excited about all that God's doing uh, in our lives, and um, uh, whether it be the church, uh, the ark, or the trumpet series, amen, just a lot going on, and uh, what I do want to say today is to God be the glory. Amen. Everything we do, we want to make sure that He uh, gets all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise um, for, um, for anything that takes place in our lives. The Bible says that no flesh should glory in His presence. I'm not deserving of any glory. I'm not a, a deserving of any praise or any honor. So why would we try to seek out that which we are undeserving of. So thank you for tuning in today and uh, again here in um, uh, the foothills of, of northeast Tennessee. Started out a, a beautiful day this morning. It seems like as the day's gone by, the clouds have um, rolled in, the wind's picked up, and I believe we've got a little bit of rain uh, headed our way before it's all said and done. Moving ever so close to the... Uh, uh, what is my favorite holiday of all, that being Thanksgiving uh, Day. Uh, just a couple of weeks away, and I'm sure you're excited about that. Today is Veterans Day. I'm looking out um, over um, at the flag, that's the American flag that's waving. Yes, we do have a, an American flag both inside and outside our church, unashamedly. Uh, amen. We're uh, American patriots. We're nationalists. Uh, I'm thankful for the United States of America, what it means, uh, what it represents, and what this blessed nation stands for. Uh, so I just want to speak a word today to all of our veterans. Thank you so much for the great sacrifice that you made, the price you paid. Uh, and um, if you see a veteran today, uh, why don't you just uh, walk up to them, hug their neck, and shake their hand, and tell them thank you uh, for... Uh, being willing to, um, to serve uh, us, to serve you, to serve me, so that we might be able to enjoy the liberty and the freedom that we possess as American citizens. So happy Veterans Day to all of our veterans. I do want to remind you about the upcoming events, and I'm talking about we're right on the doorstep of what's going to be a very busy week. In fact, I'm going to do my best to fit in the Trumpet Series tomorrow. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure that I'm going to be able to do that. And then even next week, you know, uh, w once we get things rolling and once the week starts to progress, hopefully we'll be able to continue these daily Bible studies uh, throughout next week. Not sure about Monday, uh, as again, we've got uh, intense setup taking place over at the Crescent School uh, Auditorium here in Greenville on West Main uh, Street. So again, I uh, hope you've been praying, I hope you've been spreading the word and telling as many people as you possibly can about this upcoming 
uh, what we believe is going to be an epic event, a week-long revival meeting. Uh, again, uh, the ARC Community Revival kicks off this upcoming Monday night. Goodness, it doesn't seem like it could, it's possible that it's only just a few days away. But again, the ARC uh, Community Revival scheduled to kick off Monday night, 7 o'clock p.m., the Crescent School Auditorium uh, here in Greenville. Uh, we've been getting the word out by way of advertising, whether it be the newspaper, the radio, Facebook, just every way we possibly can. We're doing our best to spread the word, hoping for a big crowd uh, this upcoming Monday night, uh, preaching and singing each night. It's all going to culminate with Brother Mike Sage, pastor at Freedom Baptist Tabernacle in Adkins, Virginia. Brother Mike's going to preach the Friday night message of the day. We'll be there to sing. We've got special singers. We've got special preachers lined up each and every night. Please be praying about this meeting. Spread the word. Tell your friends, your family members. Announce it ch at church. Uh, help us get the word out by way of mouth, which is always the best form of advertisement. Again, that is uh, the Art Community Revival located here in Greenville. Then uh, on uh, Saturday, we're going to have we're going to end what's going to be an incredibly busy but hopefully a very successful week. Our desire is that we'd see souls saved uh, during the revival. Uh, again, uh, God's people encouraged to fire lit uh, uh, and under the seats of the people of God uh, that our community might be forever impacted by what God does during the ARC revival meeting. But we're going to top it all off with uh, our first annual ARC banquet that's going to take place on Saturday. Uh, November the, the 20th, and again, that, that service, or excuse me, that event's going to be at 5 o'clock p.m. at the Crescent School location again. I want to remind you, no tickets will be required for the revival. We would, we would never uh, think about charging somebody admission to attend a revival service or a worship service, but for the banquet, there will be a charge. Uh, you do need a ticket to get in. We're going to sell tickets at the door uh, but we do need you to reserve your tickets as soon as possible so that we might be able to get an accurate head count um, regarding the ARC banquet. Uh, again, at the ARC banquet, there's going to be a catered meal. Uh, we're providing good food, so make sure you're there to eat a good meal at 5 o'clock uh, there November the 20th on Saturday, the Crescent School. Then we're going to have a, a ministry presentation, an update uh, uh, of, the, of the vision that we have for the art ministries. Uh, then uh, we're going to have a silent auction. And boy, we've got some wonderful, wonderful items that have been donated uh, as we've been going out aggressively across the community and businesses all over Greenville are uh, graciously donating us items uh, for the art banquet and the, and the silent auction. So you want to be there. You don't want to miss out on an opportunity to bid on these items. And then there's going to be a, a fundraiser at the, at the end. We're going to try to, try to secure as, as, uh, as many financial resources as we possibly can. So, man, what a great night it's going to be. A, a, you know, just again, uh, a culmination of a week-long celebration uh, and thanksgiving unto God uh, for the ARC ministry. So... Uh, uh, purchase your tickets. Tickets can be purchased at the Ark Thrift Store on Bernard Avenue here in Greenville. We still have, you still have time uh, if you're a business and you want to sponsor the Ark Banquet. Uh, my wife's been out the last two days aggressively trying to solicit sponsorships 
for uh, the Ark Banquet. And uh, again, you can, you, can, uh, make an, uh, you can donate an item. If you're a business, you can donate an item uh, to the, uh, the silent auction. Or if you would like to purchase a, a table placard, the sponsorship, uh, again, your business logo will be displayed uh, on one of the tables uh, there uh, in the banquet tables there at the Ark Banquet. You can purchase a, um, uh, a table placard or you could do uh, a booklet sponsorship as we have various options for booklet sponsorships as well. So call me, text me if you're interested Message me by way of Facebook Messenger. If you have a business and you'd like to get your, your, your business logo uh, in either one of our booklets or on one of our table sponsors, uh, you do that, table placards, and we'll make sure that we do our, do our best to mention your business uh, at the ARC Banquet. Again, that's Saturday, uh, November the 20th, 5 o'clock p.m., Crescent School. Uh, don't miss out. We need your help. This isn't our ministry. This isn't my ministry. First of all, it's the Lord's ministry, but then it's, the, it's, a, it's a community ministry. If, if the art ministries is ever going to become what we believe God would have it to become and fulfill the vision that God has laid on our hearts uh, back in 2016 and He continues to develop and progress that vision, we need your help, we need your support, and we need your cooperation. So uh, uh, come out and participate in the ARC uh, community Revival, November the 15th uh, through the 20th, Monday through Friday, 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, also make plans to attend the Ark Banquet, Saturday, November the 20th at uh, 5 o'clock p.m. Alright, let's get uh, into our time of prayer. I want to encourage you to remember these events uh, in prayer. Uh, more than we need your, your, your money, more than we need your attendance, uh, more than we need your advertisement, we covet your prayers. Your prayers, my prayers, our prayers collectively will be what, uh, what carries uh, the revival and the banquet as far as God would have it to go. Uh, also remember a revival that's taken place over in North Carolina, Brother D.R. Harrison, the entire Voice of Hope team, as they are uh, involved in a, in a revival meeting right now uh, over in... Um, North Carolina, they're along with the Allen family. So remember this revival in prayer as well. Let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer today and we'll get right into the Bible study. Father in heaven, I love you. I thank you for your goodness. Lord, the devil's done everything he could to distract us and to keep us from carrying out this Bible study today. But Father, we're thankful uh, that we can know that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. If God be for us, who can be against us, Lord? I'm thankful that I know that you're not against me, Lord, but you're on my side. So, Father, bless today's Bible study. I pray that you'd help me in the preaching and the delivery of the Word of God today. I pray that it would be a blessing, uh, Lord, to both the viewers and the hearers of the broadcast. Lord, I pray, God, that your Word might be delivered in power. Lord, not through the flesh, but by in and through the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. Give us an unction from on high. I pray, Father, Lord, that your word would fall on good ground today. Lord, I pray you'd give us eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to understand, and words to speak thy truth. Father, I pray that we wouldn't be forgetful hearers of the word only, but faithful doers of the work also. God, I pray your word would not return void and get the job done. I pray your word might be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. 
We'd hide your word in our hearts that we might not sin against thee. And God, honor your word, exalt your son through your humble servant. We're going to praise you in advance for who you are and what you do. Save that one today that's lost. Again, we just our desire is that you might use the Trumpet Series Bible Study Broadcast to see souls added unto the family of God. In Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen. As we continue studying today, Romans chapter number 4, uh, again, as we're uh, pretty much halfway through the chapter, and uh, again, I'm enjoying this study of the book of Romans, and uh, over the last few days we've been considering the life of Abraham, the great father uh, of the Hebrew nation, the patriarch of the Jewish faith. Amen. Uh, they called him Father Abraham. But we're going to see today how that the Jews are not the only group of people who have the right to address Abraham as their father, but even we Gentiles who have been saved by faith, we uh, can exercise the right to do that as well. Uh, amen. Yesterday we... Uh, we saw uh, where Paul continued to expound on the true nature uh, and the overall purpose of circumcision. That great rite and ordinance that the Jews, so many of the Jews took pride in, especially as it related to their national identity. But what was the overall purpose of circum circumcision? Uh, especially uh, how it related to and as it had to do with the principle of justification by faith. And although we discussed a whole lot of truths within the realm and parameters of that study, the main thing we pointed out was the fact that the outward uh, circumcision of, of the flesh, uh, the rite itself, was merely a sign, a seal, a type, and a picture of the true and spiritual circumcision that occurs in the depths of man's heart at the time of his or her conversion. Again, uh, uh, the outward rite of circumcision uh, merely pointed to the more important inward uh, tenderizing and softening up of the hearts of God's people, the Jews, uh, which is the, the primary and basic purpose of any religious rite or ordinance, not to serve as a means or a way to make men righteous, we're not saved because of these rites and rit rituals or religious ordinances, even those that have been, uh, have been issued to the church to be carried out. They're not a means of, of grace. They're not a way to make man righteous uh, or uh, an avenue by which we can obtain salvation. But they're given to provide uh, us with a type and a picture of what happens in the inward heart of man when we... Human beings are made righteous by a holy God. Amen. And we used baptism and communion as modern day examples of the same struggle that we deal with in our day that Paul dealt with in his day concerning the rite of circumcision. Again, just as circumcision did not make men righteous in Paul's day, so also baptism and communion don't make Men righteous in our day. We're not saved because we're baptized. And it is not necessary for a person to be baptized uh, in order for them to be saved. That's no different than the Jews, the legalistic Jews uh, in Paul's day who wanted to uh, uh, promote this idea that, that, that the, 
that salvation and, and the obtaining of righteousness, uh, the opportunity that man could be made righteous uh, before God and by God, was only intended and it was only exclu- exclusively meant for the Jewish people. That the, uh, that, the G- that the Gentiles were excluded from an opportunity given by God to men so that they could be made righteous. It wasn't meant for the Gentiles, it was just solely for the Jews. Uh, amen. And that uh, the proof that they used was the ordinance and the rite of circumcision that was given to them that they perceived as uh, a means and in a method by which men could be made righteous. Not by faith, but by obedience to and adherence uh, to the law of God. Uh, in this case, uh, the rite of circumcision. Uh, men aren't made righteous because they're circumcised uh, outwardly on the flesh, but because they know what it is to be made uh, uh, for their hearts to be circumcised, for the hearts uh, and the foreskins of their heart to be softened up and tenderized by the new birth. Uh, again, we're not saved because we're baptized. Uh, amen. We get baptized because we, ought, we have been saved. My sins are not washed away by the water. Uh, that I'm immersed in at the point in time of my baptism. No, my sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus. Amen. uh, uh, Amen. Baptism serves solely and merely as a type and a picture. It is a representation of what happened to me on the day that God... uh, uh, First of all, it's a type and picture of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. When we're lowered down and under the water, that's a type and picture of the death of Christ. But also when we're raised up out of the water, it's a picture of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not just that, but it's also a picture. It illustrates what happens to us when we get saved. We die. We're buried with Him. Uh, We die to sin. We're buried with Him in the likeness of His death. We're raised to righteousness. Amen. Raised to walk in the newness of life. Uh, amen. And, and baptism does not constitute the moment of our salvation, but is a, it is a picture of what has already taken place. Amen. When we are spiritually baptized and spiritually birthed into the family of God. Same way with communion. But also Paul went to great lengths in verses uh, number 9 through 12 to prove how that Abraham, he was already justified by faith And he was already declared righteous by God before he was ever circumcised. And Paul is sort of giving a chronology of events, a chronological order of events, amen, showing how that the Gentile believers can be saved and be justified by faith and declared righteous even though they have not been circumcised. There's undeniable proof. It's sort of another one of those mic drop moments, so to speak, that Paul provides us with how that before Abraham was ever circumcised, he was already declared righteous. Why? Because he believed God's Word. And because of the faith that that Abraham uh, placed in the promises that God gave to him concerning the giving of a seed, uh, amen, uh, God uh, viewed that as acceptable, uh, an acceptable form of how Abraham could be made righteous and obtain justification, not by adherence to the law, but by the obedience of faith and the promise and the Word of God. Amen. 
So, uh, today I'd like for us to move forward in our study by examining verses number 13 through 17 of Romans chapter 4, where Paul continues to use the life of Abraham as an example and an illustration of how a man can be justified by faith and how that a man can be made righteous apart from the works of the flesh or the deeds of the law. And in this section, the key term that is used over and over again throughout the text is the word promise or promises plural. For in these verses, uh, the word promise or promises is used a total of three times. Amen. So we might say that these verses provide us, listen to me today, friend, with insight into how that Abraham was justified by faith and declared righteous in the sight of a holy God by placing his faith, trust, and confidence in a specific object. It wasn't a blind faith, uh, but it was, uh, it was a uh, determined faith that was rooted and grounded in a specific object, and that object was a promise that God made to Abraham in and through the Word of God. Now there's a description, verse 13, for the promise that he should be the heir. Speaking of Abraham, here we find Paul again referencing back to the original promise God made to Abraham way back in Genesis 15, verses 4 through 6, where the Bible says, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. Uh, speaking of Ishmael, But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Amen. That's the promise. So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord. Abraham believed in the Lord. And he counted, God counted it unto him for righteousness. Genesis 15 verses 4 through 6. But then also, when God previously had called Abraham, Abram, excuse me, to leave his country, his kindred, and travel to a land that the Lord would show him of hereafter. Uh, Genesis chapter number 12, verses 2 and 3, God said this, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So again, everything... Uh, Abraham did, and every step that he made uh, from that time forward was based upon the original promise that God gave him first in Genesis 12, but then again later on in Genesis chapter number 15. And when God justified Abraham and declared him righteous in Genesis 15, 6, he did so because uh, God found the faith Abraham placed in the promises God made to him concerning the giving of a seed to be pleasing and acceptable in the sight of God. Amen. So it was because Abraham had faith uh, in the object of God's promise, the promise of God's Word, and God imputed that faith that Abraham had in the promise of God uh, unto him for righteousness. Now there's a dominion, uh, verse number 13, of the world. So here, 
is where the Jews spent so much time missing out on the full measure of God's blessing. Why? Because they were guilty of underestimating just how great the realm and the scope uh, of God's plan really was. Why? Because when God first gave Abraham the original promise regarding the giving of his seed, the Lord didn't tell Abraham that it would be through his seed that the Jewish people only or the Jews alone would be blessed or that one individual nation itself would be blessed. Amen. Again, the Jews found took pride in the fact that they thought that the blessings of God uh, were exclusively meant towards them, the Jews. But God told Abraham that it would be through his God-given seed that all the families of the earth would be blessed. Not just the Jews, but the heathen nations and the Gentiles, the, the Gentile people as well would be blessed by way of the giving of Abraham's seed. Here, I believe we find the, import, the, the importance uh, and how important it is for us who are saved to include the whole scope and the full measure of God's promises when it comes to our willingness to trust and believe them by faith. You know, friends, so many times I'm afraid that we are guilty of missing out on so many things God wants to do for us and will do for us if we'll just be willing to take the Lord at the full measure and the whole portion of His Word rather than just believe a part of it. And I'm afraid that if there's anything we Christians are guilty of in our lives when it comes to our lack of faith and our incomplete obedience to the Word of God, it's the fact that we are, often, we are so often guilty of shortchanging God and leaving blessings on the table, so to speak, when it comes to the receiving, uh, 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 amen, to receiving to the whole extent concerning the fullness of God's promises that He has so graciously made us. Friend, I don't know about you today, but I don't want to sell God short. Amen. I don't want to leave anything on the table that God has in store for my life. And I'm afraid that you and I are guilty of that. And the reason we do it is because it's hard for us uh, finite human beings to be able to comprehend and understand the magnitude of all of the riches of God's grace that's made available to us through His promises, through the promises of His Word, and to Him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I'm talking about a God that's able to do more than enough. He's not just a God of a little, but He's a God of abundance. Amen. There are no limits to the ability of God. Uh, there are no restrictions to the full scope and the, the magnitude, uh, amen, of the parameters of the promises that God has set forth for us. Amen. God's able to do anything He wants to do. Uh, amen. And when God gives you a promise, don't limit, uh, don't limit the scope. Don't, don't put a fence around what God can do. And don't, uh, amen, confine the ability of God to move and work in your life to a box that you somehow place Him in and, and restrict Him to. I don't want to try to smother God out just because I don't understand how great He is. Amen, I want to by faith believe that God is able to do things that are beyond my ability to understand. 
Amen. That God's greater than I am. And God, friend, I'm telling you, we miss out on the full extent of God's blessings because we limit His ability. Amen. In our life, to work and move in and through our lives. Now there is an operation. Verse number 13 was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Here we see Paul revealing to his audience how that the method God used to bring about the fulfillment of the promise he made to Abraham regarding the giving of a seed was not according to the law, but according to the righteousness that occurs uh, and is imputed to us by faith. In other words, not only was Abraham justified and made righteous in the sight of God by faith, but he was also able to claim and receive the promises that were made to him regarding the giving of his seed by faith as well. And certainly as we step back and look at the life of this great man as a whole, Father Abraham, we know that his life can be summarized in one simple word, and that is faith. And for Abraham, it wasn't that he was only saved by faith, even though that was definitely the most important aspect of the relationship that he had in his life to the principle of faith. Amen. Salvation by faith is is more important and it is necessary if we're going to obtain or inherit any of the other blessings that God uh, has in store for our lives by faith. Uh, Amen. But as we're getting ready to see, Abraham lived by faith as well. And part of Abraham's life of faith included not just the believing, but also the receiving of the promises God gave him concerning the giving of a seed by faith that was grounded and rooted in the Word of God. Not only did Abraham believe God by faith, uh, amen, and obtain righteousness by faith, but he received the, the blessings of God by way of the promises God made to him Uh, and toward his life by faith as well. So because Abraham was justified and declared righteous by God when he first trusted the promise made to him regarding the giving of a seed, Abraham's entire life was opened up. Not just to a journey of faith, but a life of faith that uh, included all sorts of promises that he received and all kinds of blessings he was able to claim not by sight, but by faith. And again, this goes back to how important it is for us Christians not just to be willing to believe God for salvation, but also to have faith in God's ability to sustain our lives and to meet the needs that come up in our lives from day to day as well by faith. It all occurs in and through faith that we place in the finished work of Jesus Christ on Calvary. But again, it's not just about being justified or being made righteous by faith, but it's also about claiming and receiving the promises of God in our lives by faith as well. Now there's a counselation, verse number 14. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is made of none effect. In this verse, Paul points out that if the blessings of God could be inherited by way of the keeping of the law then the promises of God would in essence be made irrelevant and they would be canceled out, they would be made of none effect. And that goes back to what is the real and true purpose of God's promises in the first place, which is to give you and I a source and an object to root and ground our faith in. In other words, where there is no promise, there can also be no faith. 
Let me say that again today. Where there is no promise, there can be no faith. Because in order to, to, for faith to be real, it must have an object to ground or anchor itself to. That's why when it comes to real faith, the object of it is just as important as its overall sincerity. Amen. I know, a peop- I know some people who have sincere faith, but their faith is vain. Their faith is empty. Their faith is voided out. Why? Because it's not rooted and grounded in the right or proper object. The object of faith is just as important as its overall sincerity. And when it comes to faith, the only real object that will stand and the only unfailing and unfaltering uh, object uh, that will hold are the promises that are found within God's inspired, infallible, and inerrant Word of God. Listen to 2 Peter 1.4 where the Apostle Peter wrote this, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers. I'm thankful that I'm a partaker of what? The divine nature. How am I a partaker of the divine nature? Amen. By faith that I placed in the promise that God gave to me regarding that divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And for the life of me, I've never been able to figure out how people can say that they have faith and that they, but yet they somehow uh, don't, uh, somehow they believe in Jesus Christ, but they don't have enough faith to believe that the Bible is God's uh, perfect word. How much sense, friend, does that make? that you can somehow uh, supposedly possess faith in your life, but yet not believe, not have enough faith to believe that the Bible uh, contains the promises your faith must be anchored to and rooted in uh, if it's sincere. And I'm telling you, that, 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 that is a contradictory statement if there ever was one to say that you believe God, that you have faith, that you're saved because you've somehow placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, but yet you don't have enough faith to believe God's Word. That's that's a total and absolute contradiction. And what really makes our faith as Christians so great and unique is the fact that our faith rests in and depends upon the words of a God who cannot lie, a God who is immutable and unchangeable, and a God in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Why? Because He is Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Deuteronomy 7, 9, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. One thing about it, because God is a faithful God, because a God, our God is an unchangeable God, we can count on Him, we can depend upon Him to keep His, the covenants that He makes with those that love Him. God's going to be true to His Word. God's going to do for you just exactly what He said He will do. He said what He meant. He meant what He said. Why? Because I believe it's Malachi that says He is the Lord. He said, I am the Lord and I change not. Amen. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful thing it is to know that we who are saved have a sure anchor. We can tie our faith to uh, and that, the, that is the exceeding precious promises of the Lord our God. Now let's notice the production for a moment. Verse number 15. Because the law worketh wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Here we find the purpose of the law 
uh, as it is contrasted against the purpose of God's promise. For as we've already said, the main purpose for the promises of God uh, is to produce and generate faith in our lives as human beings. God gave His promise as a way and a means uh, that, it, that those promises might produce faith in your life. That's why the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter number 10, faith, verse 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. On the other hand, so the, the, the purpose for the promise is to generate faith in your life. On the other hand, the purpose of the law is to show the wrath and judgment of God that's been revealed and manifest towards those who are guilty of breaking and violating God's law. And this goes back to what we've already revealed to be the real reason why God gave His law to man in the first place. Not to remove man's sin, but to reveal uh, the existence of it. Uh, amen. God didn't give the law to make you righteous, but to reveal your sinfulness. So bottom line, we might sum it all up by saying that the law was given by God to reveal His wrath, while the promises were given to generate and produce faith in our lives as human beings. Now there's a connection, verse 16, Therefore it is of faith that it might be also of grace. Here Paul makes the undeniable and indistinguishable connection between faith and grace. Kind of like peanut butter and jelly. Uh, kind of like the church and Jesus. You can't have one without the other. Amen. Who wants peanut butter without putting jelly on it? Who wants a peanut butter sandwich without adding some jelly? Amen. Uh, who, who would, you know, you can't have the Jesus without having the church. They're, they're interconnectable. Uh, amen. Uh, they, they, they were meant to operate and work uh, together and hand in hand with each other. Same way with grace and faith. Faith uh, there is an there there is an inner there's an indis, indistinguishable connection between faith and grace. This isn't the only time in Scripture that Paul makes this statement. Ephesians two eight and nine, the Bible says, "For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast." We know that faith is a fruit of the Spirit. And faith is referred to as being a gift given to us by God as our lives are exposed to the truths and promises of His Holy Word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. But in reality, both faith as well as the promises of God themselves are all byproducts and expressions of God's amazing grace. We might also say it like this, the reason God ordained salvation and the righteousness of God to be obtained by faith rather than by, the work, by works or by the keeping of the, the Jewish law is so that man could not take credit for his own salvation, but that all the glory might belong unto the Lord, which is the overall purpose of our lives anyway, that no flesh should glory in His presence. Amen. If you could take credit for your own salvation, that you would have a means or a reason to glory in yourself. Amen. But as long as God's righteousness is by grace, uh, excuse me, is by faith and according to grace, man can't take credit for it. Whereas, if it were according to his own ability to keep the law, man might have some reason where he could attempt to boast or brag on himself. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast." God doesn't want you to brag or boast on yourself or your own ability to be saved, but He wants you to brag and boast on Him 
and glorify His name and to give Him the credit He rightfully deserves for providing you an opportunity through justification by faith to be made righteous in the sight of a holy God. God wanted to make sure that the obtaining uh, man's obtaining of righteousness wasn't based upon anything that man had done for himself, but that it was based upon everything that the Lord had done for him and on his behalf. Now there's a conviction, to, uh, verse 16, to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that, that also which is of the faith of Abraham. Here the key word is sure. And the primary thought I believe Paul is trying to get across here is that God wanted to be sure that the Gentiles and those of whom Paul refers to as being of the faith of Abraham. Uh, aren't you thankful today that if you're saved you can say that you are of the faith of Abraham. That those who were of the faith of Abraham are able to have as much faith and confidence in the Lord's promises to, the, to, the, to, the, to them as the Jews were able to have confidence in, in the, the promises that were made directly and specifically to the Jewish people. And although we know that not all the promises in God's Word are written to both Jew and Gentile, we do know that many, especially those promises written in the New Testament and under the economy of grace, were written not to the Jews only, but also to we heathen, no good Gentile dogs as well. So I don't know about you, friend, but I'm so very thankful that as a Gentile, I can have as much confidence, listen to me, in the promises that were written to me because I am of the faith of Abraham as the Jews can have in the promises that were solely and exclusively written to them. Amen. I'm of the faith of Abraham. That's right. Congregation who, verse 16, is the father of us all. So in essence, we Gentiles, along with those believing Jews, who are also saved and who are of the faith of Abraham, we all have the privilege and the right to refer to Abraham as our father. Now I'm sure that hair lipped the Jews in Paul's day. I'm sure that they would have taken this as an insult and the Jews would have considered it to be a slap in the face, so to speak. Yet, if they were to look at and view the promises God had originally made to Abraham in an objective rather than a subjective manner, they would have had no other choice but to conclude that the promise God made to Abraham concerning the giving of a seed included the Gentile nations and not just the Jewish ones. For again, in Abraham... Or excuse me, Abraham. I did that study in... Isn't that funny? There is no such thing today as the book of Abraham. But the book of Genesis, chapter number 12, 3, the Bible says, And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee. And may I say that still applies to our day. You and I, we better be friendly to the Jewish people because I believe that whether or not God blesses us or curses us depends partially upon our attitude and the conduct of our lives towards God's chosen people. But then at the end of verse 3, uh, the Lord said this, And in thee, in Abraham, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Not just uh, shall all the Jewish families of the world be blessed, but all the Gentile families of the world shall be blessed as well. So they might have wanted to twist it, turn it, 
uh, turn it upside down, present it in their own biased way, uh, they might not have wanted to admit it. The Jewish people could not deny the fact that God's plan regarding the giving of a seed to Abraham included the Gentiles and not just the Jews. And in that sense, all who were saved we, and all who have been justified by faith and all of us, both Jew and Gentile alike, that have been declared righteous in the sight of a holy God, whether they be Jew or Gentile, we can rightfully refer to Abraham as our father. Why? Because the truth is, we're all a part of the faith of Abraham. We have the same, we who are saved have obtained the same faith that Abraham obtained when he was declared righteous and justified by faith. Why? Because he believed the promise that God made to him. So when if, uh, concerning the sending of a seed, well, friend, when you and I place our faith and trust in the finished work of, of God uh, uh, in the form of Jesus uh, on Calvary's rugged cross, you know, the fact that God sent His Son, not just His Son, but also His seed to us to die for us and on our behalf. When we place our faith in the promise God made to us concerning the sending of a seed, not just through Abraham, but through the seed of Abraham, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, God imputes our faith unto us for righteousness, amen. And we are declared justified, amen. We are a part of the family, not just the faith, but the family of Abraham, uh, the brotherhood of believers, and all who have been saved by the amazing grace of God. We've been birthed into the family of God in one sense, not only are we children of the Most High God, but we're children of Abraham's seed as well. Amen. We're a part of the brotherhood of God, the family, uh, not just of God, but also of Abraham. Uh, the Jews are my brothers and sisters. Amen. We Gentiles are brothers and sisters of those uh, Jews who have been saved and who have placed their faith and the trust in the finished, uh, amen, work of Jesus who came from uh, and by the seed of Abraham. And it's through Abraham's seed that all the families of the world have been blessed. Abraham's seed, not just being Isaac, but Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. That's all for today. That's all for today's edition of the Trumpet Series Bible Study broadcast. Again, I'm going to do my best to come to you tomorrow. Again, we're just going to have to see how the days go. The day goes as we've got a whole lot of setup. Uh, we've got a whole lot of work that must be done in order for us to get ready for the ark revival and then the ark banquet. Pray for those meetings. I love you. I appreciate you. Hope you have a wonderful day and take time this day to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Father, we love you. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, I appreciate, uh, Lord, giving us this open door of opportunity to come, uh, Lord, to this audience. Again, whether it be by Facebook, YouTube, or podcast, Lord, help us to spare not, but to cry aloud that we might lift up our voices like a trumpet. Lord, honor uh, our faith, Lord, uh, that we have in the promise that you've given us that your word will not return void. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to go out and it's going to accomplish the purpose you send it forth to fulfill. Lord, I love you. I thank you. I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you have a wonderful day is my prayer.